With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show, Edge Rush. Yeah, it's me, it's Propo. It's a mixed bag we're looking back on from last week. A lot of success, some failures. Hey, that's life. Those are the breaks. Huh? We are looking forward, though, to getting stuck in to a big old slate. Looking forward to talking about where we can find the edge for you. Week four of the NFL. Where does the time go? How the hell are we in week four already? But anyway, we'll get straight down to it. Get yourself set. Me and Propo. Let's go. Propo, good to see you back from Jersey, back from your New York trip. It was thrilling in the, in the press box. Uh, you were plugging into our talk sports show, of course, live. I was expecting re- you know, a really exciting backdrop, just the energy, the rush of 80,000 people in the stadium. Instead, we got you seemingly uh, annoying the hell out of everyone in what felt like a library. But that is exactly how it felt. I mean, I arrived at the MetLife Stadium. Obviously, it is quite overwhelming the how sort of big the stadium is. There wasn't that much of an atmosphere, though. I would have to describe it as similar to my experience, just on a more grander scale, uh, scale of turning up to the Majeski for a midday Sunday kickoff between Stoke and Reading. <laughs> that is genuinely what it felt like when I arrived at the stadium in terms of atmosphere. But I was like, okay, we're going to get to the press box. It's going to be exciting. All the Bengals beat writers, all the Jets beat writers, Jets off the back of a big comeback victory. Who knows what how what the season could hold with Joe Flacco at the helm. But no, everyone was seemingly aware of what was about to happen, which was the Jets get smacked by the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, yeah, they no one smiled, Nat, for pretty much the whole <laughs> tenure of me being in the Jets press box. It was, it was pretty, you, and you were talking like quite sort of hushed times. I had like to, because I was surrounded by writers. Just, I was surrounded by writers and I honestly just didn't want to piss anyone off. That was basically <laughs> my, my mantra. The only person who came up to me was Megan, who works for the Jets, the uh, mm. press officer, and she was to great. She was very sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't far off. It wasn't far yeah. off. She was great. She was very nice. She was like, "Do you need anything? Anything like that?" But then everyone else, I had to ask a guy to to borrow his charger because my adapter broke, mm. and he genuinely looked at me like I just offended him. You know, like the fact that I'd gone up to him. <laughs> And asked him what I think is a relatively simple question. He looked back at me as if, and his friend next to him looked back at me as if I'd offended them as well. And I was just, I don't know if it was because I was English. I don't know what was going on, but it was a bizarre atmosphere. Uh, But nonetheless, it was obviously very entertaining for me because I got to listen to you guys on the radio, got to chime in every now and then. It was was a terrible game. And obviously the Bengals won, so I was happy. It was good for you. Happy about that. Uh, in terms of your week in general and uh, in terms of your picks, scale of one to 10, if you're Uh, kind of- You're a five. A five. I would say that my 
Uh, it's really interesting, actually, Nat, because obviously my Jew locks the week go three and zero, and that's the thing I think. There like, obviously, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just got to get that one in there. Go three and zero. The under self that break it just drop under forty five and a half. Yeah. Under forty five and a half in that San Francisco Denver game. Well, you're the, the only person <laughs> who enjoyed that game because I was just watching yeah. it, just celebrating every punt. I was yeah. lying in my hotel room in New York, absolutely loving life, really, yeah. really enjoying it. While everyone was on Twitter moaning about this is the worst game I've ever seen. I can't believe they've made this prime time game all of that kind yeah. of stuff i was like no please more of this you I were hitting the mini bar it. let's go yeah. <laughs> the malibu was coming out exactly but at the same time it wasn't an ideal week because i think what i've learned is the for touchdown scorer bets obviously we record earlier in the week yeah mm. last week so i wasn't able to see the lines and stuff but touchdown scorer bets are genuinely harder to predict this season because mm. funny enough there's less touchdowns being scored right. the unders are hitting at a record rate so far unders and dogs as well right that's yeah be underdogs the underdogs are 29 18 and one against the spread yeah uh, and the under is 30 to 18 so generally speaking yeah. A lot less points are being scored. So touchdown scorer bets are harder to come off at mm. the same time, though. Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler, if you, if I, how much, what would the odds have been at the start of the season if I said to you we would get to week four mm. and Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon wouldn't have scored a touchdown? I think you would probably get about 50, 60 to one. Oh, they are below no. evens every single week. So it was a, obviously P. Ryan scored a touchdown for the, uh, yeah. the uh, Bagels, though it's always going to be the backup who gets in there for the team when you're backing Joe Mixon. So that was a surprise. The Vikings, they managed to win win but they didn't mm. cover which was frustrating i uh overthought and overplayed myself i know you backed the ravens i overplayed mm. myself and took the patriots which looked like the right side at one start. point i was worried about i was worried about yeah. that and it was the uh, yeah you're right I, I i get i was listening back actually to to the show last week obviously having fallen to own three now on my on my drew locks of the week let's get that out there day by day is all i'm gonna say all day by day uh as, uh, that was many- a rough one because it's very fun for me because obviously I get to usually when I'm producing the show it's so hectic and I'm trying to cover so much that I don't really get to take it all in and kind mm. of absorb everything that you guys say but when I was sort of sitting there and literally all I could do you guys were my red zone because I didn't mm. have it in front of me they didn't give it to us in the stadium it was I was literally watching the game and you guys were my red zone and listening to you as the Colts took the lead was amazing because <laughs> obviously you had to be the professional that you were and you came across very well. You were like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe the Colts have done this. But at the same time, you could hear like 2% of your voice was like, oh my I goodness. I was dying inside. <laughs> I mean, within, I thought of you straight away when Skyball, right at the beginning, yeah. the it was the first thing I thought of was you just <laughs> pissing yourself in the press box. <laughs> and it, I mean, I, you play that game a hundred times yeah. the Chiefs cover 99. It was, just, yeah. <laughs> it was just perfect. So look, okay, it didn't go my way. And I think about it, thinking about my Drew Locks of the week so far. I had, of course, the, the Baker Bowl week one. I mean, that could have again coin yeah. flip that could have gone could have either way. But this is it. So I need a bounce need a bounce back week, but I'm I'm okay. I'm in Raiders territory, but I'm uh, I'm feeling confident. Uh as I said, watching the great Belichick's presser yesterday, day by day, is was what I keep <laughs> what I keep telling myself. Having said that, and the Drew Locks. Uh, not going so well, but I had a good week all round. I mean, you mentioned the Ravens, and I was—they uh, were my backup, ironically, for uh, for my Drew Lock of the week, as I said on the show last week. But I talked myself out of it because of the Belichick factor, and and as you say, it seemed, the the Patriots seemed to be the smarter play. Yeah, uh, but that came through. That was good. I went big on the Packers money line, Matt Packers straight up, which, which was solid as well. And a couple of other things came Just. in. No, oh, it's never a doubt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, realistically, but I think this is, is a telling story. Like it's, 
the NFL, there's so much parity in the NFL right now. Mm. It is so distinct because you look at the the Patriots game. If Mac Jones just throws that slightly deeper to the corner end zone, that that ball that got picked off, the Pats are going to easily cover. They potentially even win that game. Yeah. The Buccaneers yeah. in the second half seem like the better team. If they complete that two-point conversion, maybe if they mm-hmm. didn't get the, the delay of game, they would have done. Then they easily could have won that game and put it covered there is it's the margin for error right now in the nfl i mean obviously for them it's much bigger than us considering there's a lot more on it than just putting a flutter on it but at the same time from a gambling perspective the margin for error is so small that it makes mm. it so much more exciting but it is tough it is tough mm. and the parity as well particularly this year is uh Insane. intense yeah and and uh, once again looking at the week four slate it's uh, it's Tough. challenging. It is, isn't it? Uh, but I've got just a kind of sneak peek. Uh, I've got because I'm in charge of the ACA this week, right? It's you are in me. charge of the ACA yeah. this week. So last week we were the Chiefs away again. Yeah, the it Chiefs brutal. Bust the ACA as well. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, I've brutal. got an interesting approach to the ACA this week. If you're if you're comfortable with it, Propo, because you are the brains of the operation. So I've got a, a three team dog ACA because in in light of what you were saying yeah. at the top, the dogs are doing well, which is surprisingly being a three team. Uh, unsurprisingly being a three-team dog it's about 14 to 1 or something so it's a definite long shot but then I've looked at it and I've teased the lines for each of the teams yeah I like that so I've got like an alternative you want to play it a little bit more cautiously and that's still like most of our ACAs are over evens and it's about one and a half to one I think with the three team tease so I'll I'll talk you through that I'm very intrigued but I'm very intrigued by that because I was literally just looking at a tease that I was going to play Ooh, so I'll be intrigued okay. to see which ones you pick so I think there's some really good team yeah. options uh, I, wonder I think if we the tease be... could be the, the play this season because mm. the spreads are so tight that it mm-hmm. could be like that could be your way around a bit being so hard to call as kind of teasing certain teams are we allowed to call a tease for a Drew Lock of the week I guess no that's not that's got to be no, no. A, we, right. you tried to do that last year and I <laughs> vetoed that immediately immediately sure. fair, fair. all right three uh, games we're going to pick uh, first though before we get into our Drew Locks uh, propose prop bets and uh, Acker of the week so let's start with singles we mentioned the Raiders let's go there first Broncos Raiders AFC West match up the Raiders 0-3 for the first time since 2018 Propo can you tell me since 1979 how many teams have started 0-3 and, and made the playoffs? Oh, you did this with me last week, didn't you, with 0-2? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just going to keep going on as long as... If, if the <laughs> yeah. Raiders just keep losing, you're just going to ask me this every week. Okay, so I think it was about 40 last week. It was now 39 or something. So I'm going to guess 14. Ooh, very, very optimistic, Propo. Six. Only six. six teams. And if a team goes 0-4, of course, it's only the 92 Chargers that have made the playoffs. And of course, seventeen game season. So uh, apply that, but nevertheless, it is it is last chance saloon for the Raiders, isn't it? I think it has to be. It has to be. And I have found this team really confusing. Kind of mm-hmm. getting to know them a little bit more, researching them more, watching back some of their tape uh, from previous weeks. I mean, they could have easily won each of the games that they've been in so far this season. I don't really understand the offense and what's going on with it. I mean, you got it into it briefly with the brilliant review show with Mike Carlson, but they kept four running backs. They're averaging four and a half yards per carry. 
but have run the football less than any other team in the NFL. Mm. Josh Jacobs proved last season that he is an elite red zone threat. He had 12 touchdowns just in the red zone, but has only touched the ball nine times so far in the red zone. You mm. start the season with Devontae Adams going off for a huge game. And yes, he scored a touchdown in every game. But in the last two, he's only had seven catches on 17 targets for 48 yards. That doesn't make any sense. I've seen Derek Carr miss three or four surefire touchdowns with just poor throws. And everyone went into the season saying the weak link is the offensive line. Mm. But I don't think that's been the biggest issue. You know, I agree on that. Just just on that, uh, everyone's slating the line. So seven sacks over three games isn't horrendous. I mean, Carson no, Wentz had that, had that in the first half last week. but And five of those were against the Chargers. Yeah. So in, on the, He's the 12th least pressured quarterback. Right. That's really not that bad. That's below, like it's above average. So realistically, mm. the line hasn't been too bad. Carr has mm. had enough time to throw the ball. Yeah. Honestly, I am putting a lot of it down just simply on Derek Carr. Mm. I think that he just needs to execute his plays better. I'm not sure if it's the McDaniels offense that's kind of getting in his head and it means he's overthinking certain things. I don't know if he's feeling extra pressure at having a star receiver in there that he needs to get the ball to so he's missing easier throws. Two but at the same points. time... Two yeah. great points. I mean, I, I think... That, terrific points I don't think I've heard anyone mention that underestimating the fact that McDaniels is there the the overwhelming perception and perspective was oh it's only going to upgrade the Raiders he's one of the great offensive minds of his generation and that's that's probably true long term but it's inevitable just like we've been talking about and we'll get onto the Broncos with with Hackett and, and Wilson that it, it doesn't mean in fact it's it's highly likely that that offensive coordinator or offensive mind of of, of McDaniels and a, a quarterback work together for the first time are not going to necessarily gel for mm. it for a while. And then the, that's a really good point on Adams. Oh, he's, they were in college together. They've got this sixth sense that you, you put that together, pressure. It's like, well, you've got Adams now. You've got this top three receiver in the NFL. You've got to improve year on year. The pressure on Carr and the complexity of those two things, which are ostensibly going to be a good thing in the long term, but right now, not necessarily. That's a great shout, Proper. I really went sort of back and forth with this game, kind of thinking to myself, no, the Raiders are done. Um, I think the Broncos probably getting points here because the line's at two and a half. I was like, I think that's a great play, realistically. If you're mm. going to give me, if you're going to give me points with the Broncos who have just pulled off a game-winning drive against the 49ers in prime time and should be using that as confidence despite how bad they were for the rest of that game against a Raiders team where their confidence will be that low. Surely Broncos are the player, but I've gone back and I've gone back to, I'm going back with the Raiders. The more I've watched this team, the more I think that it is an anomaly that they are 0-3. I think mm. they could have easily won that game last week. Derek Carr is too good of a quarterback. If you just go, if we just completely ignore what we've seen for the past three weeks and you look at him as a quarterback since his tenure in the NFL, he has always bounced back. There's always been periods in his career where people have said, Derek Carr's not good enough. He isn't the quarterback for the future for the Raiders. And every single time he seems to prove people wrong. And I think people are asking that question again uh, at the start of this season. And I think if you just go off history, he will bounce back. And I think he will learn this offense. Mm. And I think that he will execute his throws. And I think this is a perfect, it's a divisional matchup. It's all on the line. All of the pressure is going to be on him. And in this situation, with in the same way as I saw the Cincinnati Bengals live last week with their season seemingly on the line, I think despite the fact that I really like this Denver Broncos defense and I think they're legitimate, I think that I have enough faith in this Raiders offense to get it right, to rely on running the ball, to get a lead, to utilize Josh Jacobs and for Derek Carr to execute the plays that he's been missing so far this season. Mm, you know, I, it's a really well-argued position, Arlen. I 
as you know and and listeners will know, I'm a I'm a car fan. I think he's one of the most underrated players of his of his generation, and so I I get that argument completely. Here's the the counter, and I find this game fascinating because it is. I'm perhaps out of all the teams in the league right now, the one I'm most intrigued about it is the Broncos, and we yeah. talked a fair amount about them. So I'm not going to go over the same ground particularly again here. Suffice to say that the obvious misstepping from from Denver has been offensively and that cohesion and that simpatico between, in particular, Wilson and Hackett. I, Mike, and I got into it a fair bit on Monday. If you look at, um, and actually really over the last few weeks, some of the interesting decisions that are being made that ostensibly are not trusting Russell Wilson to do what he does. That, that That's probably the, the way to describe it. But if you look at the Raiders D, that is the the problem. I think the yeah. offensive line, as you say, everybody, it's an easy thing to say. Every, oh, the offensive line, but actually hasn't been as bad as advertised. And defensively, looking at the numbers, just shy of 17 passing points per game, which ranks them in the bottom third. A completion rate of 70% for opposition quarterbacks mm-hmm. ranks them 27th. Seven and a half yards per attempt for opposition quarterbacks, again, in the bottom third. Every quarterback to face the Raiders this season has finished as QB8 or better. Yeah. So it's a good spot for Russell Wilson to get rolling as well. So I am really fascinated by this game because it that, that factor, and this is probably the factor that I'm going to stay away from it in the end, that everything's on the line for the Raiders is a dangerous thing to back against for obvious reasons. But I'm kind of leaning Broncos here. No, and I think, as I said, I would have easily kind of been able to persuade it to, to back the Broncos because you're being given points against an 0-3 team. And as you mm. said, the defence is elite for the Denver Broncos and it is pretty abject so far this season for the Raiders. I think, honestly, if you had said, considering all of the hype surrounding the AFC West going into this season, if you had said that after week two the Broncos would have brought in what is an, eff- an offensive consultant or a game management consultant. <laughs> and after week three, Josh McDaniels would be having sort of crisis meetings with the owner of the Raiders and being called in to kind of discuss how his team after spending so much money in the summer is 0-3 in the market where it is like the hottest ticket in the NFL right now is the Vegas ticket. Like you seemingly can't get a ticket for love nor money there. Mm. And yet there's like they're 0-3 and that's going to start reducing in terms of the interest in going to the games if they lose their playoff interest. So the game, there is a lot of pressure on the Raiders going into this. I just want to be on that right side because I think that I have faith in Carr. I have faith in Devontae Adams. I just think this offense is too good Mm. for them not to be able to put on a show in their home stadium, in Allegiant Stadium this weekend. And I want to be on the right side when they do it. Okay, fair point. Let's talk Colts Titans on the divisional matchup next. And similar question for you, Propo. Is this the spot against a depleted Titans secondary? Uh, A team that you can... Uh, undoubtedly run on the Titans allowing 145 yards on the ground per game, which ranks in 28th in the NFL. Is this the game that this Colts offense starts to chime? I think there's a good chance that we see Matt Ryan having his best game this season so far. That's not necessarily saying much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the key to that is Michael Pittman Jr., Mm. And I think that if he is able to get separation against this weak Titans secondary, this weak Titans defense, then I think realistically they have a very good chance. I mean, he's one of my prop bets. I think he is going to go over 66 and a half receiving yards. So far, he's averaged 
eight eight and a half receptions per game, 96.5 yards per game. The over-under is currently at 66 and a half. He caught eight passes last week against the Chiefs. He is definitely Ryan's favorite target by a country mile. It almost reminds me, the usage almost reminds me of Devontae Adams at the Packers, you know, where he is the sole purpose and then anyone else kind of chimes in when they completely take away Pittman. And I don't mm. think the Titans have anyone in their secondary that can target him with his size. I think that he creates a nightmare matchup for them. And mm. he was brilliant last week at getting separation, finding openings, finding openings in the zones and also some of the catches he made. Like obviously again, red zone, as we've discussed many a time, you miss certain things. He made some absolute stunners mm. of catches and I think he's really ready to kind of put himself in that elite category or at least put his name in the hat for it. Mm. So I think he is the key for this Colts passing offense. That's for sure. I still think they need to get Jonathan Taylor the ball more. Yeah, and Taylor like, missed yeah. practice on Wednesday, didn't he? Um, yeah, which he did. Which, but they're saying that that they're not concerned about no. him. So, and that apparently, I was reading a, an article saying that that happened a few times in, in the off season. That there's some uh, clearly some per- perennial issue that isn't uh, overwhelming that they need to monitor and rest. Uh, so, I think that's kind of w- what that is. But yeah, uh, key. Yeah, my <laughs> other issue with the Colts though is the offensive line, which it sounds weird because the Colts notoriously always had since. Obviously, the issues with Andrew Luck back in the day, they seemingly have got that part of their team fixed. But Matt Ryan, through the first three games, has been sacked 12 times this season and hit many more. Yes, Quinton Nelson has been sensational. He was always going to be. But the rest of the line needs to start following suit. And that's a huge part of this game for Indy, is how well the line handles this Titans D-line. I mean, we've seen Dimitro Altry over the past couple of weeks being absolutely sensational. And that's where their... Mm strength is on defense. If they can get significant pass rush against this struggling offensive line, and I think that can cause problems for Matt Ryan and this indie offense. But at the same time, I'm actually, I'm leaning towards this game being like the overrunners at 42 and a half. And it seems like the sharp money is on the under, mm. but at the same time, I'm still interested by this over. I think realistically, I think yeah, that me both too. teams are going to try and get the opposition to take away the run, force both Matt Ryan and run at Tannehill to throw the ball because everyone's kind of a bit suspect about their performances so far this season, even though I thought actually Tannehill had a great game last Mm -hmm. week. Um, So I think that there is going to be points scored. I think you're going to see the emergence of the likes of Burks. I think Robert Woods is going to have a big game for the Titans. I think they're going to utilize their tight ends. Austin Hooper has been a big addition for them in the off season that people don't talk about. And in the Colts as well, as I said, I think Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman could go off against this Titans secondary. Mm. And if both teams try and take away the run, I think the over could probably be the play. The The spread has moved to Titans plus three and a half, which yeah. is a key number tempting. and is yeah really tempting. Yeah, I um. In lockstep with you, 100% propo. The over is one of my, actually one of my favorite plays of the week, the over in this game. Uh, the Just to underline a couple of your points, the Colts run the stout, it's fair to say, 77 yeah. yards allowed, third in the NFL. So that- Grover Stewart, by the way, is an absolute baller. He's on the defensive line. He's like, everyone's always talking about uh, DeForest Buckner and Yannick Pockway, yeah. but Grover Stewart has been a star so far this season. He is an athletic freak. Shout out to Grover. So I... I like the I like the over a lot. 42 and a half at the time of recording. That I definitely take play it there. Do you think the line or the total will move? Uh it's looking it depends because this is a this is a public versus pros game from mm. the like from what I'm seeing. It says that the over has got 59% of the tickets, but the cash is under 
for 91%. Mm. So realistically, <laughs> I'm not sure those might balance each other out. It might mm. go lower. So actually, it might be worth waiting and seeing if that number goes down to 41 yeah. and a half and then smashing the over yeah. at that point. But yeah, I think the reason, I understand why people are backing the under, I understand why the pros are backing the under, but mm. I think that both these teams know exactly what the other one's going to try and do. And that's run the ball with two of the best running backs mm. in the league. And I think that's going to mean that they'll take away, they'll load the box and they're going to force mm-hmm. them to throw. Yeah, And I think we'll see two sort of old school passers who everyone seems to be low on in the league. Everyone says they're done. And I think we might see an old fashioned shootout with this. Yeah, I love exactly the same. I feel exactly the same. Love that. Uh, and yeah, three and a half. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe is uh, I might, I might take uh, a little nibble at that, but uh, yeah, because I mean, Mike Vrabel as an underdog, he's 20 to 15 straight up as a dog, mm. ranking mm. him second of all 143 qualified coaches. So if you are going to back the Tennessee Titans, back them as an underdog. And Matt Ryan, alternatively to that, is mm. two and six straight up, one and seven against the spread as a home favorite over the last three oh, seasons. Boy. One and seven against the spread mark is second worst in the NFL ahead of only Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh, go Baker. Love that. I love the fact that we might factor in uh, a game that Matt Ryan was playing for an entirely different team <laughs> three years ago as part of our part of our thinking for, for whether he's going to win or not. Uh, wow. Okay. All right. Let's talk Sunday Night Football next. And let's talk weather proper because the Guru Sandrini reminded us we've been remiss, really. I think you've had a bit of weather news. We've had some punter news across the show, of course, this season. We love a bit of punter news. And I think you had a bit of weather news maybe week two, if my memory serves me correctly. But the Guru Sandrini over on FFS, our new fantasy show, uh, he was uh, talking uh, about us needing to be mindful about weather for, for certain games, and we absolutely need to. In the case of Bucks Chiefs, it's extreme, of course, with the hurricane risks. So they've, the NFL, this is, have announced that the contingency plan, if they've got to, if they've got to move it, they're not going to reschedule the game for a different no. day. So they're going to move it to uh, Minneapolis, right? Because yeah. obviously the Vikings are over here in London, so. U.S. Bank Stadium is going to be the the joint if uh, if they have to move it. Okay, so we've got to bear that in mind fairly significantly when we look at this. So a lot of this comes down, Propo, to whether this impressive Bucks D, impressive to date this season, impressive over the last few years, of course, can uh, hold firm against a Kansas City offense that hasn't really got uh, going uh consistently yet so we've seen of course when they turn it on but last week against the Colts it was a good example as we talked at the top of the show of missteps but you know looking at that and the sliding door situations you know Kelsey makes that catch again as I said Mm -hmm. at the start 99 times out of 100 he does would they have kicked on and rolled on so I think we have to be a little bit cautious to say that there are elements of the offense that aren't working the the range of receivers hasn't uh, come to play yet. So that has, I guess, accentuated the Tyreek Hill absence. So Sky Moore, and this is something that Sandrini talked about on uh, on the FFS show, outside of the the misstep on special teams, he hasn't really been used much in the offense. Hardman's been banged up a, a fair bit. Kelsey has has had some uh, uncharacteristic uh, moments as well. And of course, Clyde Ebers-Hilaire, the enigma, um, hasn't really yet again got going. So it's whether Mahomes is going to, because of all of those things, face a pretty stern test against the Bucks D. And I think we need to look a little bit more closely at the Bucks D 
clearly they're one of the strongest units in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But so far, if you think about the games they've had, Dallas was the game that Dak got injured. So Cooper Rush came in. Jameis, that game against the Saints was his broken back game. And he threw I'm picks. not sure I'm going to have you criticizing Cooper Rush on this show. Oh, I know. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about yeah. that. I think he, he made some big, big plays on Monday Night Football at some critical moments. And he put oh the God. ball in CD Lamb's hand like perfectly throughout the show, uh, the game. Can, can you, for just a moment, Propo, I know that your generation has difficulty remembering what you did yesterday. Can you remember the game, the show rather we did when Cooper Rush was going to start ahead of Cooper Rush's first start? Against the Bengals, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much credit did I give Cooper Rush? No, I know. That's why I'm surprised you're going back on it. I'm just saying. No, no, don't just say. I'm just saying disruption in a game. Dak Prescott goes out. Cooper Rush comes in for the first time. You can't. Oh, he's not exactly going. No, Dak Prescott actually played the majority of that game as well. So, yeah, you're not taking it away from Cooper Rush. Yeah, we love Cooper on this show. Uh, Jameis is broken back. And of course, a, a Packers offense that started brilliantly. That first drive from Green Bay was, here we go. This this is they're sorted. Dobbs is all good. And and then then the Bucks D really closed down. So that was super, particularly the, the second half of the game, like particularly impressive from them. So looking at that in a bit more depth, the Cowboys, Saints and Packers, and this is respectively, right? So the Cowboys, Saints, Packers, 20th, 24th and 26th in drive quality, 14th, 25th and 31st. That, that stat astonished me for the Packers in EPA, right? So haven't had a significant test this season. I think it's fair to say Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer. I get it, but collectively, the Packers' offense isn't chiming. I this Bucks D hasn't been tested yet. Here's another one for you against the number one scoring defense. Patrick Mahomes in his career, what's his record when he goes up against the number one scoring defense? I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just that guy with just broken stats everywhere. Seven and zero, oh. five and one. Five, and, Five one. and one. Pretty good going, huh? Um, yeah. And he's just very good when he's tested against impressive Ds. He is the best in the NFL in EPA when the play isn't perfectly blocked, the best under pressure, the best by far, according to PFF, against the Blitz, statistically speaking. So this is going to be fascinating to see whether... And and this is obviously where you fall on this game, right? Because they're going to get Mike Evans back. At the time of recording, we don't know on Godwin. They think Julio's going to be back as well for the for for the Bucks. That's what they're suggesting. So they're going to be re-up. Brady's going to be re-upped, and uh, they are going to therefore be uh, able to get a lot more going than they were. But even as as we talked about on Monday's show, although ultimately it didn't come to much, Brady was pretty fluent with limited options against a, a decent Packers D as well. So do you feel, where do you fall on the Bucks D containing Mahomes? Or do you feel this is going to be a Kansas City offensive performance akin to the ones we saw at the, at the start of the season? I like the Chiefs a lot in this spot. I feel that this is going to be a good example of Mahomes and Andy Reid calling the shots, scheming and and being 
incisive against a, a strong defense. I think we're going to see a really strong offensive performance from the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a statement game from them to say, look, we can take on one of the best defenses in the league in prime time and take care of business. I like the Chiefs a lot in this. Yeah, I think I do agree with you to a certain extent. The reason why I'd be tempted to stay away from this line particularly is just because I have a... And the line being what? Uh, uh, pick them essentially now. So it's Chiefs are minus one. Yeah. So basically... It originally was Tampa Bay before all of the issues surrounding home field. Tampa mm. Bay actually opened up as favourites, I think two-point favourites, and then the line immediately switched to Chiefs being two-point favourites mm. after last week's performance against the Packers. Despite the fact that the Chiefs lost to the Colts, the market still seems to favour the Chiefs, but money has come in on the Bucks since to move it down to minus one, which is interesting. Mm. I think I just have a, I have an aversion that to backing Chiefs sort of this early in the season, mm. especially with the point spread, because I have absolutely no doubt that come January, this team is going to be completely ready to make a push in the playoffs. They're definitely Super Bowl contenders. And mm. I think that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid will be saving their best plays and saving all of their looks for January. So that's why I tempt to stay away from the Chiefs. We all know how bad their record is against the spread in the regular season. And I think the Bucs will utilise this game. As we said, there's always extra motivation when they're not playing at home, when they've got something to prove, when they can really kind of bring something to, bring some happiness and joy to Tampa mm. this weekend on Sunday Night Football in prime time. Everyone's still slightly down on Brady and this offence, but last week they didn't have their big players. We could see a big game from Godwin, could see a big game from Mike Evans. I am tempted to go just to the under, just because the under is mm. prime, in prime time seven and three so far this season. It and it's 45, be, isn't it? 45 yeah. and a half. All the sharps seem to be on the under in this game. Uh, and the Joes are all on the over and that's only going to increase because mm. it's going to get Sunday Night Football and everyone's going to want to back the over because it's Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. It seems like the obvious play to go against the... Uh, the public in this spot because what else are they going to do? Mahomes, Brady, prime time, you're going to back the over. So mm. what I'll probably do is wait for this number to hopefully get to 46 and a half on Sunday night and take the over just before I go to bed and then hopefully wake up and watch the highlights and just see them throwing and punting a lot. That's the ideal. Uh, <laughs> that's my ideal Monday morning. The Unders King of Plumpton Monday morning. with the, That's a that's a spin-off show we should do right there. The Unders yeah. King of Plumpton. Hey, by the way, speaking of, I was about to say we should look at Twitch or something for that. I've got some breaking news, Propo. You're not going to believe this, and wow. I probably should have opened the show with it, but hey, if you've been listening this long, you are going to be given uh, a goodie right now. Big news for the NC show, Propo. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, and now TikTok. Unbelievable. It is. Um, it's sensational news. It is sensational news, just in time for it to go out of fashion. <laughs> yeah. Next week, Snapchat. <laughs> At the NC Show, we're on TikTok. We are on. Go follow us on on TikTok at the NC Show. We're going to be putting loads of show videos out there. A whole lot of additional content is rolling as well. Much of it, we hope, based around Iron Mike. Yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at putting Mike front and center on that. I just felt we needed to. We needed to step up. Uh, you know that in all seriousness, Propo, one of the main reasons we haven't gone on TikTok for the last twelve months has been. I love the still no TikTok line. Yeah, so, I think uh, I know it seems to be a part of our brand. I don't think anything. There's two things that have done the best for our brand on this show: mm. your love for Drew Lock mm-hmm. and no TikTok. Still no TikTok. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I have we've misstepped. That's my favorite, probably my favorite word of the day. And can we call on. our TikTok still no TikTok? 
Oh, let's see if we can. I'll reach out to the guys and see if we can do that. At the yeah. moment, it's at the NC show. Well, that's just the profile. Yeah, forget the, the forget the join Nat and the gang. We're just call it still no TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I will add it to that. Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that right now. Um, so are you staying away from this game? I am. I'll do what I said. I'll go on the under. That will be my probably my play for this game. And yeah, go to bed because I'll be knackered after the London game most likely, and hopefully just wake up and watch a grind the next day. I don't have a lean. I think this is a this is a straight pick'em. I think the line's got this absolutely spot on. I completely get what you're saying. I like it. I like the reasoning behind it. I've I am a big fan of this Bucks defense, but it's Patrick Mahomes, so he can make any mm. defense look ordinary. Mm. Ultimately, so I will be staying away unless the line moves in a way that kind of uh, gives me some more temptation, gives me some more lean. But at this point, yeah, I think I'm probably staying away from a side. You, you know, Propo, I'm going to tease you here. No pun intended, because we're going to get to that in a minute as well. They're on my shortlist. The Drew Lock of the Week. It's like, could be they, they might not be. Back to back weeks going to the Chiefs. Yeah, I might be going back yeah. in. I might be going back in. I've got, my God, I'm in, I'm, me and the rain, it's me and Derek Carr. I've just ordered another yeah. round at the last chance saloon. And Derek's saying, well, I've got a game tomorrow, but okay, I'll have one more. <laughs> we're, treat, we're really spoiling you this week, gang. Four games we're looking at. Rams, Niners, proper, you wanted to take a look at. Yeah, I just wanted to take a look at this again because the primetime unders seven and three for this one. The line is at 42 for the total. San Francisco 49ers are minus one and a half. That's moved to minus one and a half this morning. I am gutted that I didn't get the Rams at two and a half. I mm. thought because all the pros are coming in on San Francisco that it was going to move to three, but it actually went the other way. And that's just mm. market unpredictability because I guess the public have moved the line. But the pros are always going to like this game because Jimmy G excels against teams above 500. He's 18 and eight straight up and against the spread since his first start in 2017 he's the most profitable QB versus opponents over 500 so he is kind of like the Mike Tomlin of quarterbacks always take him as an underdog (laughs) Matthew Stafford on the other side hasn't looked great this season having more interceptions than he does touchdowns I think that's a narrative that goes under underplayed and underlooked but at the same time I think a lot of that was down to his receivers last week I thought that Robinson had an uncharacteristically bad game and so did Cooper Cup dropping some easy passes and also their running game just isn't getting going 30th in the league now there's a lot of trends going into this one so obviously they play each other every season they usually meet in the playoffs so we've got some absolute gems here which you're gonna love uh (laughs) the rams are four and one against the spread in their last five games played on a monday (laughs) <laughs> great so that goes back possibly 20 years <laughs> yeah possibly yeah. 20 years so i do really like that one Love this that. one is a little bit more relevant and it's an interesting stat actually the rams are six and oh straight up in their last six road games mm, okay which uh, i think is yeah, yeah that's important and yeah. then the total has hit the under in seven of the rams last nine road games against san francisco the total has hit the under in each of san francisco's last six games and that's what i'm playing here i will play the under again in this spot of of course because San Francisco's defense has only allowed 12.3 points per game and 227 total offensive yards which is elite the Rams defense is really finding its tune this season only allowing four field goals against the Arizona Cardinals last week and neither offense seemingly is getting going we saw Jimmy G that that clips all over Twitter of him saying these plays suck (laughs) <laughs> all these plays suck man that is quite similar to me post edge rush recording yeah, all, court, these this, suck. all these picks suck <laughs> prop bets suck yeah. uh, speaking of which propos prop bets of the week you yeah. already teased us with one you dropped one already yeah so I've already dropped one the next one is a London game special buy mm. low sell high now this actually has two of my sayings going into it 
Amazing. Buy low, sell high. Mm-hmm. And when the lights are bright, the stars, stars are shine. Shining. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's always quite hard to remember, but we always get there in the end. Justin, <laughs> Je- <laughs> Justin yeah. Jefferson over six and a half receptions. Mm. The young superstar wide receiver failed to produce a superstar level stat line last week for the second straight game, but Detroit constantly double teamed him, which opened up looks for Thielen and Osborne. But I'm not worried. Jefferson remains an elite receiver capable of massive games at any time. And it's a standalone game. If Cousins can get him the ball, I'm expecting him to have a big game. So Justin Jefferson over six and a half receptions. Oh, you know what I've just realized? What? You're dropping Cousins. Uh, I love that pick, incidentally. I love the Vikings in the game. Um, Yeah, I like the Vikings. Yeah. That's a pros v. Joe's one again there. Is it? Uh, yeah, what, yeah, Joe's yeah. on the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the Joe's on the Vikings. <laughs> of course they are. Um, the fact that Kirk Cousins is in London, is there's a distinct possibility Mike McCartney is in London, his agent. Yeah, I don't know why we haven't tried to get him on the show. Oh, we should tell him. The you're fan. the producer, Al. You yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm literally just criticising myself. I don't know yeah. how I get his contact detail. Maybe we try and get him. We'll say that we've got TikTok now. Maybe he'll come on because of that. Mention TikTok or just I'll keep, keep, if I just say TikTok in it, I'll say we've got a TikTok. We've got the end. <laughs> what did Carlson call it? TikTok. TikTok, yeah. We've got a TikTok. I don't think he was being facetious as well. I think you genuinely just thought it was called TikTok. Oh, okay, so me. we like Jefferson. Who else? We like Jefferson. So I've already said the Pittman over 66 and a half receiving yards. And then my final one is a touchdown score a bet. It is Cortland Sutton to score a touchdown mm. for the Broncos. I know you like that because of what Not we said that. about the Raiders defense and how mm. they basically allowed every quarterback to go off against them. And I know Russ isn't cooking and we don't know exactly what to expect from this Broncos offense. But what we do know is Cortland Sutton is the number one option. He has 39.6% of first read target share. Did you get that on that? First read target share, yeah? First read target share. First read target share. <laughs> and targeted in the end zone constantly. So I'm fully expecting Sutton to score a touchdown this week, despite he hasn't got one already this season. And I think that actually plays with us because I mean, think we might get a bit of extra juice mm. on that. Love that. Okay, propos prop bets. Uh, and they uh, have been solid this season, it's fair to say. Solid. solid. I'd solid. actually say not my best, just because mm. I think the I've had to go touchdown scorers quite quite frequently. Uh, I think I'm at about five hundred, maybe just above five hundred. Okay. So right. I'm, I'm hoping for improvement. Solid mm-hmm. enough for it. it. Could be a big week. It could be a yeah. big week for both our Acker and my Drew Lock. So we're going to leave the Drew Locks to the last because I still haven't made my mind up. The uh, let's go. Let's go with the Acker. So you've had to be back. Yeah, we keep losing. I mean, it's basically just alternate at this point. It's just it's not going particularly well for us. Okay, this could be the comeback. Now, as I said at the top of the show, I've gone for a dog acker, an underdog acker. So unsurprisingly, it's a three-team uh acker that's quite big, it's quite a long shot, and then some. But if you want to, you can go to plan B, which is the same game, same teams, points teased. All right. So the line teased. Now, if you're not familiar with teasing, you can go on most sites and look at the alternative lines as opposed to the, the, the main ones they're given. And of course, the odds will diminish or improve depending on which way you, you take it, but you can change and, and uh, change the spread. So the three teams straight up, Broncos over the Raiders. As I said earlier, I like the Broncos in that matchup. They're mm-hmm. the dogs in that game. The Jags over the Eagles. That's so bold. Well, this is a this is a long shot pick. Yeah, right? I know, but that is so bold. All right, just hear me out, Propo. Hear me out. I I, I think this Jags this Jags. So do I. Is, so, do I. so do I. Anyway, you're like, and then the Falcons over the Browns, and I love this Falcons offense. I love what Marriott is doing. Weapons all around him. Corderell's being Corderell. 
Pitts, Drake London, Falcons over Browns. Okay, so that's 14 to 1. If you take those three teams with the points that they're, because they're all three underdogs, that they're being given, it's 6 to 1. But here comes the tease propo. So Denver plus 7. Yeah, I like that. Jacksonville that plus 14. Yeah. And the Falcons plus 7. Yeah. One and a half to 1. Yeah. You with me? I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I am with you on that. It's interesting because, I mean, there's because of the way the NFL's played out so far this season, there are some really, really interesting dogs going into this week. I mean, there's a lot of people I know who think the New York Jets with Zach Wilson might yep. be able to overcome the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore yep. Ravens, especially if that is a weather game, could be yep. able to run all over the Buffalo Bills. Yep. The Washington Commanders, who knows what they can do each week. Who knows well, exactly, which Washington Commanders what, yeah, exactly. yeah, well, who you never know what's going to happen. Titans, so I just said teams. that Vrabel stat. They could easily go and beat the Colts. They're a three and a half point dog. I mean, it honestly yeah, is... Yeah, I mean, we love the Lions. So, you know, so much love about the Lions, but do you really trust them against the Seahawks? The Lions is fragile and erratic. Yeah. It's like, I mean, everywhere you look. Well, there we go. So, makes Drew Lock of the week particularly tough. Yeah. I have two in my head that I'm flip-flopping on. So, I'm going to knock them back and forth maybe i maybe this is this the point i need to get coco and pebbles in <laughs> yeah <laughs> come on guys no oh you go first with your drew lock and then i'll and i'll go with mine so mine is going to be a shock it's going to send shock waves through the nfl uk community because i'm going there for an over for an over oh hang on hang on hang on because okay i'm gonna write before you say it, i'm gonna write that so you don't think i'm cheating if uh if um if we've got the same thing so i don't know if we will this is quite a rogue play in some ways, but in some ways not. Okay, I've written so, it down, uh, so we yeah. haven't talked about them. So just so look, okay. it's been unders all season. Yeah, They've been the play, so I think it's time that the market corrects itself. Mm-hmm. They'll understand that everyone's jumping on the under. We're seeing more public money on the under mm-hmm. than ever as a result, which means it's time to flip and go for the over. Mm-hmm. I've already said that... I like the unders in most of these games, but I love the over in this game because the exception to the unders rule mm. has been Detroit. Mm. each game has gone over they rank second in points scored and dead last in points allowed so they are your prime over team yes Seattle averaged 16 points a game but that's because two of the games were against elite defenses in the Niners and the Broncos they will be behind in this game which will force the ball into Geno Smith's hands and I expect Mm -hmm. Metcalf and Lockett to cause enough problems for this Detroit defense for this to go over and it's already jumped down two, two points because of DeAndre Swift being out yeah and I like it even more. Even if Swift was playing, mm-hmm. even if it stayed at 50, I think I'd still like this. Detroit, The Detroit Lions are the prime over team because their defense are not very good, but their offense are absolutely elite behind this top tier offensive line. I think they're going to be able to run all over Seattle. I think Jared Goff's going to have a big game. And I think Geno Smith is going to get back to have a big game as well. So I'm going over Oof. 48 Detroit Over Seattle. 48 proper. That is rogue. They, Josh, um, Josh, Jared Goff elite. <laughs> I mean, this honestly, this honestly is one of those Go games off. where yeah. I think it could be, it could easily have 26 points, but then mm. I think it could easily yeah. have like 63, yeah. you know, like yeah. this is going to either, I don't think this is going to be close. I think this mm. is either going to be well under or well over, but I really like this play. I, this is the one number that really stuck mm. out to me. And I was like, that's too low. There is uh, a good, and good luck with that, by the way. I like, I like it. It's, it's not one I thought of, which is probably a good sign for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, Look, I, I see a lot of logic in there. I like it. I like it. And I'm more importantly than that, Proper, I'm proud of you, to be honest. What? I'm proud of you for going with an over. The Unders King of Plumpton going against what is in his DNA. 
<laughs> go, for, go for an over. So good on you. If I lose, it, I'll never back an over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So my shortlist included the Vikings. I'm particularly thrilled that that is a massive Joe's, <laughs> Joe's yeah. spot. Um, but it's I just a, moved to three as well. Oh, okay. The London yeah. factor, mm, too much risk there. So I'm down to two. The Chiefs straight up, as I mentioned, or minus one. But yeah, you know, it's it's basically a pick. So yeah, take I've got it. Well, on the Drew Luck, I now got to take the points. The Chiefs minus one, or I think I know we're going with this. I'm going with an over two because you know you yeah. said I've got an over and I, I wrote it down. Okay, let's see then, because I've written it down before. Where do you think I'm going for the over? I think you're going Browns Falcons. No, I'm not proper. Really? That is, what is the Browns Falcons total? 49 and a half. Oh yeah, okay. No, 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 no. I am going, I'm going elsewhere. I'm going. I'm going to a place where I think there are going to be points on both sides for different Ob- reasons. Obviously. <laughs> <Back in the over. laughs> yeah. Just let me finish. And the total is even in the even in the context of what you've been saying about unders, unders rolling in left, right, and center, I feel is is too low. It's too low, <laughs> obviously, because I'm going for the over, but I feel it jumped out on the uh, on uh, off the page. 42.5 is a total in the Cardinals Panthers game. 42.5. I feel that is there for the taking. I think, I think, what? It's just <laughs> such a rogue shout. Just like, why are you going back to Baker? Why? I shine that way. I haven't gone there yet. I'm saying it's between, you can talk me off the ledge, Propo. No, so- I mean, I like it because. Uh, the Cardinals' defense sucks. They're going to have to throw the ball. Yeah, the Panthers are going to have to throw the ball. And then, as you said, as you discussed with FFS, Kyler Murray's been throwing the ball anyway. The only thing is I do really like this Panthers' defense. So it depends Mm. how many points they allow against the Cardinals. But this number is low enough that I think that's an intriguing play. Yeah. Which way am I going to go, Propo? I need the win. I'm 0-3. I, I'm not, I, I don't want to get involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You've got okay. to, you've got to, you just got to go for it. You just got to go for it because uh, I know exactly what's going to happen is okay. if we go, if next week you're going to own four, oh, four. Told you oh, my God. One, it's That's my t- fault. I'm telling you right now, if I go own four, Coco and Pebbles are coming out of the bullpen next week and the rest <laughs> of my Drew Locks. Can you remind our listeners for me and just for my own self, <laughs> clearly diminishing self esteem? How do we do on Drew Locks last season again? Was last season was 16 and 6. Yeah. Okay. 16 and 6, which is well above average. That's hitting okay. over 70% when most pro betters are just simply looking to hit 60%. And that's cool. what they're. So you're still up. From okay. The so moment exactly. we started Drew Locks of the week. 16 and 9. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're, okay. yeah, exactly. You're 16 <laughs> and 9, which is still very, very good. But so yeah, I can go 0 and 10 this season and still be at 500. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes me feel better. All right. I'm I'm not going to back against Brady, and it's too odd a spot with the whole potential move and everything else. Oh God, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for the over. I'm going okay. I'm going the over in the Cardinals. It's not a bad shout because I think that as as we've said, the market should correct itself because there's been such a heavy side of unders so far this season. Mm-hmm. So the market, they are definitely reacting and the numbers are significantly lower and 42 and a half is significantly lower. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly hadn't even thought about it. It's just because the Panthers defense has been so elite so far this season. But at the same time, it's still Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray right. can create magic Throw in, the ball in any situation. Times. Exactly. Yeah. Wheel and deal. I like it. I like it. Come on, God. Kyler and Baker. What am I doing? <laughs> okay. There we go. That's it. We're done and dusted. Love that. Uh, incidentally, 
Uh, as I mentioned, we're on TikTok at the NC Show. Follow us there, but also Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at the NC Show. Lots of video content, extra content goes out across those channels. So get involved with that. We're going to be up in our game, should we say, a little bit on those as well, particularly uh, keeping our Insta for lots of new things we're going to be pushing out on that. In the vault, FFS with me and the Guru Sandrini. Uh, I'm Mike in the Monday show and uh, the great Shane Vereen in the house to preview some of the games that we haven't done on Edge Rush uh, to get you set for week four. So we look forward to that. Propo, good luck. I will see you Sunday. See you Sunday, my man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, remember 12 o'clock onwards over on TalkSport 2 NFL Sunday. Lots of special guests. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll see you then. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.